A and S. I imagine Rachel Souter standing on a cliff edge beside a small waterfall, preparing for her first dive into a glowing pool 30 feet below. The pool literally glows because Rachel performs her dives at the freshly renovated Casa Bonita restaurant in Denver. The way the water blends in and out of sapphire blue reminds her of her newest painting, exploring neurological degeneration, which reminds her in turn to finish her neuroscience homework before she can get to her next student body government meeting. I imagine she takes one second to recognize the wafting smell of tacos, the shouts at Black Bart's cave, and her fellow performer in a gorilla costume milling among the hundreds of patrons who have turned their attention to her. She takes a breath, counts back from three, and soars. I can't imagine a more surprising person than Rachel. She crafts gorgeous visual art based on scientific systems and principles she explores in her neuroscience coursework. She guides the College of Arts and Sciences student body as vice president. She's a model, she dives, and I get the feeling these are just the obvious interests. As you will discover in today's episode, Rachel lives out the alchemy of anding with ease. But it's her unassuming, low-key, might I say quiet fearlessness that's so disarming. Rachel seems like someone who can take on anything once she walks to the cliff edge, takes a breath, and counts back from three. On the ampersand, we call this bringing together of the impossible, the alchemy of anding. Together, we'll hear stories of humans who imagine and create by colliding their interests. Rather than thinking of and as a simple conjunction in that conjunction-junction kind of way, we will hear stories of people who see and as a verb. A way to speak the beautiful when you intentionally let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. As St. Mary Oliver asks, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? Oh, I love this question. When I'm mothering, creating, and collaborating, it reminds me to replace a singular idea of what I think I should become with a full sensory verb about experiencing. I'm Erica Randall. This is Rachel Suter on The Ampersand. When I was younger, I always wanted to dive, but I couldn't because I have pretty bad eczema, so I couldn't younger. But I was a competitive gymnast, and then following that, I did competitive dance. So, you know, just parallel sports yep. almost. Yeah. And then senior year of high school, I just kind of decided, like, end of COVID, I'm really bored. I'm just going to give it a try, you yeah. know, just for fun. Screw the eczema. There's yeah. oatmeal baths for that. So true. Yeah. <laughs> My kiddo has eczema. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're going to try it. Yes. You're going to go in. Mm-hmm. And, like, in the past, I had gone cliff diving with friends just at, like, lakes and, you know, vacations. And See, again, you say that so casually. In the past, I'd gone cliff diving. With, uh, uh, there isn't a world where I walk up to the edge of something actual and jump off of it. <laughs> that was There was no fear for you there. Yeah, I... I I have two brothers, and they're the type that, you know, they see a cliff and they will jump off of it, and <laughs> I just don't want to be left out of that, you know? So, and then, yeah, just having, like, the gymnastics background, having that, and, like, the worst that could happen in gymnastics is you fall on a really hard surface, and that's really scary. Yeah. But with diving, it's like, 
you're falling on water. So there's only so much bad that could happen. And the hurt, it's going to hurt, but it won't last that long. And like cliff diving, I don't, I don't go from too high. So it's, you know, the risk is minimal. But I think like the most important thing is like when I do like the one, two, three count, like I have to trust myself that I'm going to go for it, you know? And it's like, is that what you say literally every time yeah. you get to the edge? Yep. This, yeah. This okay. Well, I want to hear it. Walk me through. Oh, put me in your body. Oh, man. Yeah. I think it's just like a quick visualization of the dive. I mean, if it's a forward dive or backflip, not too much. Pretty simple. But if it's more of like a twisty dive, just like stepping through what my arms are going to do and whatnot. And then like standing on the edge, marking my place in the water. And if it's a smaller pool, like just making a plan for what I'm going to do underwater because you can flip out of it either way. Mm. Um, And so choosing space and also choosing if I'm going to flip out of it right away or if it's safe enough to go and like bounce off the bottom almost, um, which I can do it. Pools like Casa but I can't at, uh, you know, cliff diving spots like Paradise Cove. So yeah, just like making a plan, going through it, and then just counting off like one, two, three, go. And just, you know, trusting that on three, I would go. Life lessons with Rachel Suter. (laughs) Making a plan, trusting it. One, two, three, go. (laughs) Okay, so is that what took you to interview at Casa Bonita? That just one, two, three, go, let's do this? Yeah, I mean, I didn't expect to get the job <laughs> so it was more of a I might as well like that would just be so cool you know I have a dance background so I have like the performance aspect and and had you been there as a kiddo if you're from the no, springs <gasps> I'd heard all about it but I had never actually been okay so you heard the lure yes but you had never been and had the terrible taco salad yeah with the Pepto-Bismol yep chaser never, never had it never had it did you hear about how there like used to be like the electrical room at the bottom mm-hmm. of the dive pool mm-hmm. they fixed that okay <laughs> it's all safe yeah <laughs> but and we know that you're sworn to secrecy because we're recording this in the land of June and you're not right and we're yeah. and we can't we will disclose nothing even though we will be speaking to the past because this will air later. Right. <laughs> We're still going to honor our contractual agreements because you're that kind of human. <laughs> but you went to the interview. Yeah. So I, I ended up going because just so many of my friends and family had just been like, oh, you have to. You dive. You just have to do it. Yeah. I was like, OK. And I, I know that this has already been leaked, that there can be multiple divers at a time. True math. Or is that just internet lore? Maybe, maybe Rachel can't say. I don't say. know if I'm allowed to tell you that. Okay, I'm gonna. You're wait. gonna have to find out. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I'm so going to Casa Bonita to watch you dive. I can't wait. I will. I will wait in line. I will eat the hopefully better food. I will drink the goblets just to watch you, and then I will be an overly proud cheer mom. Oh, <laughs> it's gonna be so great. So, when we think about this pattern of success, this way that you set up the visualization, all of the things. Does this show up for you in other ways in your life? Because on top of being now this enigmatic Casa Bonita diver, (laughs) you are also a neuroscience student. You're Mm -hmm. also a visual artist. Mm -hmm. You are on student government. You are a leader in your community. You are one of the kindest humans I know. And, 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 you know, and then you tell me you model. And I just couldn't even put that (laughs) part into the Rachel egg. Talk to me about if that that method for getting to the edge and looking over, does that serve you in other spaces? Yeah, um, it's it's 
more of like I'm young and I know that like this is the time in my life where I will most be able to try new things and pursue different things and have no consequences if it doesn't work out. And so Okay, like wait a second. <laughs> the, you really just like have that freedom in your mind that this is the time when I'm young. How good were your parents did, or did they just like never know if you were home? <laughs> no, my parents are amazing. They, like, very adventurous, pushed us, my brothers and I, all, like, try new things and, like, just be confident in what we're doing. Did they throw you into the pool when you were a little kid with all your clothes on and see if you would drown? I don't know, but they might have. They might. They were that that parenting book. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And just, like, you know, if we had a little interest in something, they would help us and support us and, like, provide the materials to do those, which I, like, really appreciate. And I know, like, not everybody has. And so, like, I think that is definitely, like, has allowed me to become, like, a better artist and, like, interested in sciences because, like, they allowed me to have those, yeah, like, resources as a kid. And so now that I have the freedom of my own time, I'm able to, like, explore those. Were science and art always married for you because when I look at your art first of all it's astounding to me thank you (laughs) I had seen the original piece that you shared with me with Mm -hmm. the viscous I'm this gesture of hands under the sternum and the heart dripping out of your cage and then there were other things that showed up in your art this perspective detail the kind of pencil Mm -hmm. sketch fury like there's a quickness that also maybe is not showing how much time Mm -hmm. it takes how much I mean it's a lot of time Yes, quite. Uh, like a project will take probably 15 more hours. It really depends. But the more time consuming part is the research and development portion. Yes. And you can see that the science is in yes. it. And the research is in the science. Yes. Right. yes. Okay. Yeah, because a lot of my art does deal with scientific topics. A lot of times I just don't even know what I want to do. And it starts with the research and just taking notes and deciding on a topic that I like and am passionate about. And so I'll continue doing research and start with little one inch by one inch thumbnail sketches of like little ideas I could do. Kind of storyboarding? Yeah, a little bit. I felt that in the timeline, Mm -hmm. there were these little stories. Is it like that? Those kind of rough sketches that show, ah, here's a spark that connects me to this idea. Yeah. My like rough draft pages are quite a bit more chaotic than that. I have, I can show you if you want. Okay. um, I I do want you to show me, show me a sketch because I want to. Okay. Yes. So it starts with just a lot of research and then thumbnail sketches. And then it almost becomes a conversation on the page of, oh, I like this idea, but not this. I'll show you the here's for the project I showed you and it started with like the research so it's a way to have a conversation with myself because I never know what it's going to be when I first start and it goes through so many stages and sometimes what I end up with is not even on the same topic as what I began with and are you starting so you're starting from the science is it the science but that's been sparked to you in a class or just that you're reading about and that you're curious about Ooh, it depends in high school I junior year I did a investigation of medical history Uh and so just research of like the most prominent and influential moments throughout medical history and then senior year was just history of stem and just important moments there but so that was more just 
me researching on my own. But now, a lot of my pieces I try to correlate to neuroscience, and sometimes that relates really strongly to my classes. I mean, I haven't, you know, been to medical school or really pursued any of these scientific topics in depth, so I'm not trying to create a just completely realistic and to the science image. It's more of a, like, interpretation. And yeah, so I've been leaning into that a lot more. And it also feels educational, like a way, Mm -hmm. when I looked at this, I thought, this is how you get younger folks stoked on science, right? Mm -hmm. Did that happen for you as a young person? Did you see something that was representative in that kind of internal, emotional, not necessarily technical way? Or is this just how your brain works? I don't know. I think it's just how it works. And I didn't start off combining science and art. Like it was always when I was younger, separate. And art was just like my in my free time. I love to do it. And not for any purpose, not for my career, but just because I love it. And I always like plan on going to med school. So they sat in very separate boxes. And so it was in high school that I started combining them and I was like, oh, this is cool, but they're still sitting in separate boxes. I'm still going to go to med school and keep art as just a for fun sort of thing. And then last semester, I discovered that medical illustration is a career. And, and the so, anding happened. Yeah. And so suddenly these two things that I like never thought that I could professionally combine for a career like I can. And I'm quite excited because I've been like, you know, doing both my whole life, but not expecting but to be able boxes. to. Yeah. And now this is what I'm talking about with this kind of unified egg as it spills open and then there's all of it inside. Yeah. That's so that's that's a moment mm-hmm. of discovery. Yes. And did it happen like lightning bolt? Was it in a class? Was it with a professor? Did, was it a mentor who showed you this career? It was it was kind of all at once a little bit. My art professor at the time was like, you could like make your career out of this. I had done a piece on neuroanatomy and then my molecular biology professor was like, oh, did you know like there's scientific art? And then I had also seen a video online of somebody getting their master's and just like the illustrations that they had done and that they had like gotten to sit in on surgeries and, you know, draw the like steps and whatnot. Is so 1800s. <laughs> I know, so fun, <laughs> so fun, and it still is happening. Yeah. Do you draw on this computer thing all the yeah. time? You I, not all the time. I, it's I usually more use my iPad for planning, but I do have some di- digital pieces in but there. You d- but you, because it seems like you're working a lot with ink, pencil, other mm-hmm. t- like texture. Yep. Yeah, and so that's actually physical material yes. in the Luddite world, yes. not technology. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that there is a career that has been waiting for you. I do, too. Okay, so how does student government work in all this? How does this advocacy work happen? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, that's like, one of the separate things where I, like, do all the other things, and I forget. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I do that sometimes, you know? Yeah, I also joined student government my senior year of high school just why not? And I really enjoyed that. So then when I came here, I joined Arts and Sciences Student Government. At the time, it was, you know, less than it is now, mm-hmm. uh, substantially, but... Proud of that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's... But, but building student voice and advocacy, mm-hmm. that's a big thing for you. Yeah. And this notion of um, really building your voice. Mm-hmm. What does future Rachel... Does future Rachel have expectations of now, Rachel? Or is she pretty happy? She She kind of likes the way... The, the mystery? Yeah, I don't I don't know. When you're looking to her, what do you see? I, <laughs> I'm not really sure. I think it's like my outlook on my future has changed a lot recently given, you know, 
drastic career choice. Doesn't seem, you know, but. So I don't really know. I think the like most important thing I feel like when I think about looking back in the future is I don't want to regret not having done something or not having done it well enough or like, yeah, I want to have tried a little bit of everything and, you know, just. How do you know what's well enough? I look at your work and I, I mean, truly, I love it. (laughs) I think about you on the cliff edge and I'm stunned by it. What is, what is, you know, diving scores, are they in tens? Does it go to 10? Yeah. Yeah. What's well enough for, is it like a, you got to be a nine? Like what's a good score on the diveometer? Well, for diving in particular? No, for like, as a metaphor for Rachel mm. looking at her life and thinking, ah, I've combined this, I've tried this, mm-hmm. I've done this well enough. I'm, that's a good question. I think I like to do it to the best of my ability. And sometimes there's circumstances where I can't, and that is incredibly frustrating for me. Smack. Right. So it's it's more of just like making the most of it to my capacity and trying to accept like if I can't, that's okay too. And you had really good parents. Yeah, I know. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah. And the fearless spirit, the the started as the this tag along third kid, two Mm -hmm. brothers, but you've cultivated it. Yeah. When you, I mean, you could look into like over a cliff or over the cliff of a body into the bloody parts mm-hmm. and be totally fine. Unlike Grassley, who told me a story that I won't air. Um, <laughs> I'll let him share it in an interview, uh, but not doesn't do so well with the blood. Yeah. yeah. It, it came up even looking at one of your works because it's so viscous for you that no fear. Mm-mm. I, yeah, I've, like, watched surgeries and whatnot. Live in real time? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, what? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> when I was a freshman in high school, I shadowed an anesthesiologist for a day and saw a lot of surgeries there. And then last summer, I did an internship in Greece and just got to watch surgeries for a month. What's the coolest surgery you saw? Oh, I would say probably, like just craziest is like the hip replacements or like the like crazy orthopedic do you know about my hip situation no i had a total hip reconstruction with like four screws like wolverine style we i want to show you yes please okay i have have (laughs) x-rays yeah i love that you're excited most people i'm like can i text you this they're like no (laughs) so you saw like a a replacement or a reconstruction of hip? um replacement i saw lots you saw lots yeah i want to know i want to I want a drawing of that. Um, I did sketch one of the surgeries. I have it somewhere. I actually... Yes? Oh, I do. I do. And in Greece, their rules are a little bit different. And so one of the doctors... No, I had no idea. I just wanted to go to Greece. (laughs) Smart. Why not? Cliff diving Um, and... You found that so fast. Whoa, this is totally court... I don't know what you call the court stenographer. It's not I don't either. (laughs) Wow. This, I love even how the surgeon looking on is holding their hands. Can you talk to me about hands? Because they come up a lot, both in your work and just the way you use them to make it. Yeah. Are they an important focus for you? I don't mean them to be, but they do just appear in a lot of my work. And I think it's, it's like almost a way to describe human nature or just emotion without having to do a portrait. 
it's it feels less on the nose for me a little bit. Yeah, the way the hands operate in mm-hmm. in the moment. Yeah, and I love drawing them and painting them. It's just fun. But yeah, I just I think it it a lot of times fits into the story that I'm trying to tell. So it ends up in a lot of my work, even though I don't mean to you know, have a series of hands. (laughs) No, and it doesn't feel like a series of hands. It just feels important. Are you a natural reflector? It seems so in your Mm -hmm. art. And so in that natural reflection, is that part of the planning? Is that part of the visualizing? That backwards to go forward? Yeah. Especially in the the pieces and art pieces that are a little bit more like self-portrait or like reflective of my own, you know, feelings and thoughts and desires and whatnot. Those that are more, you know, scientific little bit less and it's a little bit more factually driven and so it's really fun like you know getting to do a little bit of of each do you ever feel like you're doing too much yeah sometimes (laughs) but I wouldn't want to stop doing any of the things I'm doing and it's been hard to like learn to take a step back sometimes but what are your signs that say step back is it like when like what is what does too much look like for you? So we talked about kind of like what does success look like, but what is too much, too many, all the things at once? How do you know? What does your brain tell you when it blows out the back of your head in that beautiful drawing? It's it's kind of when I start enjoying the time without those things more than the time I'm spending with them. Mm. And yeah, like when I'm sitting and looking at a task or a responsibility I have and like dreading it, you know, okay. and I could be dreading that because of something else that's pressing on me or it's just like that task is no longer that fulfilling to me. And so, yeah. you know, the it's fact that I have that freedom to then step away from those things is really nice. <laughs> but it is. It's kind of that dread that yeah. is your cue. Like, oh, Rachel, get back in the game. Yep. Yep. And then one, two, three, go. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I, I originally majored in art just as a way because I know I'm a busy person. I need to fill my time or I just don't feel like as, I guess, fulfilled. And so I knew that going into college and, you know, originally wanting to go to med school, I was like only going to major in neuroscience. And then I decided I was like, I'm going to need to structure in some time in my day, like intentionally for the things I love. And so that's pretty much the only reason I majored in art as well was so that I could be forced to hold that space. Yes. Hold that space. For the thing you loved while you did this other thing (laughs) that you were going to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'd like also adore neuroscience. But yeah, it was just like, I think sometimes I have to also schedule in space for the things that are important to me. And so it's exciting that that worked out really well with art. And (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and did you do you feel a loss in like letting go of the doctor Rachel part or do you feel just full gain as they come um, together? A little bit of loss, but the more I sit with it, the more I realize is that like I'm more fascinated by the learning aspect of it and just like my fascination of the human body, but actually like, you know, being a practitioner and doctor that is less appealing. It's more that I just want to know, you know? And so this new career, it's like I can make a career out of always doing art and always learning. Like I will always be learning something new, which is quite exciting for me. My days won't be redundant. And the other exciting thing is that I can have a career where I get to listen to audiobooks, And that is a big thing for me. <laughs> so while you're drawing, you're listening to a different story? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't do art if it's there's not a, like a 
So you're not you're not listening. You're not like in the research of the heart. You're listening to Michelle Obama's <laughs> memoir. <laughs> well, the research part that's has already happened. It's done. The, the research part. I'm accompanied by classical music. You know, I love okay. classical. So that's that's where I get okay. that. But once I'm into the process and it's just painting for 15 hours, it's like I don't want to sit with my thoughts for quite that long, you know? So what's the last thing you painted and what audiobook were you listening to? Oh, I just finished a painting of the Flatirons as like a grad gift. And I was listening to a book called The Name of the Wind. I just finished it yesterday and it was really, really good. But it's it's so fun because sometimes I can like look back at a painting or a drawing and see and like think of exactly where I was in the book when I was like doing that detail or like you know so it's like kind of fun I um can't believe those things converge in your world I want to hear mm-hmm. I want to hear another another drawing and another book that you listen to oh because uh, it seems like you catalog them in a way yeah a little bit I'm trying to think I think this one I was watching a tv show unusual for me but not Grey's Anatomy no it was <laughs> Peaky Blinders <laughs> the hip surgery in Peaky Blinders yes <laughs> This is some excellent ending. Give me another one. I, I could do this all day. Oh, man. The one with the rib cage and like the visceral heart. Yeah. I was listening to just an epic fantasy called The Way of Kings. Love. Yeah, it Love was. It. This triangulation is so up my alley. Okay, uh, more. Oh, goodness. I'm trying to like think of pieces right now. Uh, what about, okay, what about the Morse code? Because I love the Morse code one. Mm. What were you listening um, to? Ooh. I did that like three and a half years ago. I don't know if I can remember. But a fun fact about that painting, the, all the, like the Morse code in it, it's like the history of Morse code, but in Morse code. Shut the Isn't front so door. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, the egg. You are one Fabergé egg inside of another. All these little nesting eggs. So the Morse code in the painting is saying something. Yeah, so I, I learned, I've, I've forgotten it by now, but at the time I like learned Morse code, so then... I could put my research into the painting. It was a good time. Snaps to that, <laughs> Rachel. That's amazing. Okay, it's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for the quick and dirty. I looked to producer Tim Grassley to see if my internal clock is right. This is a game show where you cannot lose, and it is you against yourself. Oh, man. One, two, three, go. Okay, your next and art piece. What are you working on that you're anding? Mm. Um, I want to do a little bit more figure drawing, but integrating anatomy into it. Um, and so just, I guess, learning about both in the same vein. I'm taking both figure drawing and anatomy lab next semester, so I look forward to combining those. Fantastic. Two or three art materials that we would have to have on a desert island? The, like, really cheap 50-cent Bic pens. The, like, I love those. Oh, my gosh. One of my favorite art materials. And some paper and watercolors. Okay. Your diving theme song with and in it. Are you ever diving with a song in your head or are you just on the one, two, three? It's really the last song I listened to and it plays on repeat for two hours until I can listen to a new one. (laughs) (laughs) So what was that? Any of them that have and in it? Oh, man. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) You can even say like, uh, like, and an island in the sun, that Weezer song that has and in island. Well, the problem is I listen to a lot of classical music. Classical music. Okay. So like <laughs> Beethoven and Bach? Yes. I- I'll say... That's uh, also not a problem. I do too. Yeah. I, I love it. Uh, oh my gosh. I'm forgetting all of the composers I love. Chopin and Schubert? Yeah. I like a little bit more modern. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce his name too well. It's like L- Ludovico Iannotti. 
in Audi, I, something like that. Excellent. And who does the... Oh, I like Vivaldi. Okay. We can't be mad about Vivaldi. Okay. Uh, the best way to spend a Boulder afternoon with your roomies? By the creek, I think. And yeah, by the creek and just with them. Yeah. And like present, I, I suppose. By the creek, mm-hmm. with them and present. Mm-hmm. I love that. And Ander, you admire. Ooh, there's a neuroscientist. His name is Oliver Sacks, and he kind of integrates both this, like he has this ability to put all these intense scientific and neuroscientific concepts um, and combine it, combine it with like uh, psychology and like linguistics and then is able to perfectly portray it to an audience that has no idea what he would be talking about otherwise. So no jargon, right. just sharing it forward. Mm-hmm. I love that. All right. Speaking of sharing forward, you're giving a graduation speech. You're sending folks off into mm-hmm. their next how would you begin? And may you always have warm pockets. You know, so have to start with your, what would your? Oh my goodness, I don't know. <sighs> no wrong answers. See, I, I gave my high school graduation speech and I like sat on this question for probably, <laughs> of course you did, <laughs> days. <laughs> yeah, but now, now you know so much more. Now you're a diver at Casa Bonita. I think I would say, why not? You know, you're like, you're looking at something, you're wondering if you should, why, why not? That was Rachel Suter on the ampersand. To witness some of Rachel's incredible art, see our show notes. The ampersand is a production of the College of Arts and Sciences at the University of Colorado Boulder. It is written and produced by me, Erica Randall, and Tim Grassley. If there are people you'd like us to interview on the ampersand, do please email us at asinfo at colorado.edu. Our theme music was composed and performed by Nelson Walker, and the episodes are recorded at Interplay Recording in Boulder, Colorado. I'm Erica Randall, and this is the ampersand.